0: Our reading this morning is, um, it is the lectionary reading, but it's also uh, a reading from Isaiah 65, the next to the last chapter in the, the book of Isaiah. Hear these words. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm creating, for I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth. And one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not destroy. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Perhaps you know the story of Israel of how for 300 years God sent prophets to enable them to turn from wrongdoing and sin. And they did not. For 300 years. And so God seemed to use Israel as a bit of a buffer state between Assyria and Egypt. There were occasions when Israel was overrun and Finally, many in Israel were taken into exile in Babylon. For 50 years, they were in Babylon. For 50 years. The people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were not able to worship Yahweh, Almighty God, in synagogues and in temple worship. Instead, they were in a distant land and had to to be slaves. And some believe that somehow... Israeli slaves helped build the hanging gardens of Babylon. Well, in the 1530s before the Christian era, one amazing king, Cyrus from Persia, overran the territory of what is now Iraq and Babylon. And the amazing thing about Cyrus, he issued a decree that said, everyone that was a slave, you may take all your belongings and all your sacred artifacts and return to the land of your birth. And so in 1538, there must have been a scene something like this coming out of Babylon, of Jewish people returning to Jerusalem and to the land of promise. Now, when they arrived, they found a city that had been burned. Now, how do you rebuild a city? How do you rebuild a, a culture? How do you rebuild a, a nation when it seems to be in shambles, when it seems to be falling apart and, and, and it, it's not exactly what they wanted? They're, they've been set free, but now here they are, returned home, and they're facing um, a ruined city. And their disagreements and their divisions about what they should do. What they should do is pay attention to the God who took them in exile in the first place. What they should do is pay attention to the the words of the prophet Isaiah. And you just heard them. For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Now... The, the book of the prophet Isaiah is a complicated work. But it's written in the time that Israel was returning to its homeland. And its homeland was a mess. It was divided. It was difficult. It was impossible. And there was a longing for, well, the longing that Eleanor expressed for our, our culture and our country. There was not unity, there was division, and people were against one another. And I believe God's people more often need to pay attention to what God has said to us. If we want unity and peace and the joy of the Lord, then we listen to, to what our Savior and Lord has said. We listen to the, the prophet Isaiah this morning. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm creating for I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I'm sure there were some cynics who heard that and said, are you kidding me? This mess of a world that we have now, you, you're wanting Jerusalem as a joy and my people as a delight? And yet that's precisely what the prophet Isaiah was, was saying. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall there be the sound of weeping, no more the cry of distress. God has the ability to create. God has created you and me in God's image, and here we are. God created Metta Lake Church for a reason and put it here. And God had wonderful things in mind. And we're still wondering, how is that developing the truth is, nothing is ever final. Everything is up for grabs in the mystery of the creative capacity of God. I think it's important today, right now, on this Sunday, here at Meadow Lake Church, that you and I remember the creative capacity of God. God is, God is still our creator. God's come to us in Jesus Christ, and the Spirit is here. We can feel it in, in the music. We can hear it in the words of Scripture. We can certainly feel it in the, the fellowship and the friendships that, that are ours. So the question might be to us, what do new heavens and a new earth look like? We have an idea of what Isaiah is saying, but what do new heavens and a new earth, what is, that, what is possible for us? Well, do you remember the woman in Luke 8 who suffered from hemorrhages for 12 years Jesus was, had been summoned to go to the house of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, for his little daughter was close to death. And so Jesus was on his way in this village somewhere, and there's this woman who reaches out and grabs Jesus' robe. Suddenly, there were new heavens and a new earth for her, because, read the story in Luke 8, the hemorrhage immediately stopped. And Jesus knew something had happened, and he turned around, and suddenly the woman was willing to come forward, and she was embarrassed. But everyone discovered Jesus had healed her unknowingly. What do new heavens and a new earth look like? Isn't this our new heaven and new earth? A Savior who offers himself to us through his preaching and teaching ministry, through healing us? Listen to the praises that we share this morning as we come to this place. Here is our our new heaven and new earth. When we listen to his voice, when we focus on him and not the divisions, not the world as troubled as it is, when we pay attention to what he's asking of us, and when we go and do what he says, As we read the remainder of these verses in Isaiah 65, Isaiah gets very specific. No more shall there be an infant that lives but a few days. Or an old person that does not live out her lifetime, his lifetime. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. There was a time when there were soldiers from other lands that took them away. And this prophecy from Isaiah is saying, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen anymore. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And they shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. Now, those are words to pay attention to. In a time of division and violence and confusion and unrest and hurt, and feeling divided from one another, maybe we need to pay attention to verse 25. In 1833, a Quaker artist by the name of Edward Hicks began painting this picture of the peaceable kingdom. He painted it 21 times. He was from Langhorne, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania and he lived in the years between the late 1780s to uh, 1849. Sixty-one times he painted this, not only for his Quaker brothers and sisters, but he painted it for the world. It is an image of Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 65. He, he puts in there the colonists of, who are settling Jamestown with Indian neighbors. The, uh, the animals look kind of wide-eyed, like, what in the world's going on? Good gosh almighty, there's the lion and the ox, and there's a wolf, and there's a lamb. And there are Edward Hicks' children sitting on the ground, standing in the tree, petting the animals. Sixty-one times, Edward Hicks believed recreating this image for people of his day in America was an important vision, an important image for them to have. No small thing for you and me to focus on this same image in our time when we're troubled and divided and concerned about everything that's going on. We pay attention to God's Word. So what is our vision of heaven? What's our vision of Isaiah 65? Who knows what this is? the original master plan of Meadow Lake Presbyterian Church. It hasn't been realized yet. In fact, right now, this is a two-dimensional painting that is on Jen's wall in the office. If you've never seen it, you need to go take a look at it. This image is an artist's rendition of, in a sense, Isaiah 65 of what hope would be one day. And if we're listening to Pat a little bit. She would explain, I think, Pat, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that main rectangular there is where we are now, and these other two buildings at uh, 7 o'clock and 6 o'clock are yet to be built. Is that right? Got, uh, the here. Okay. The right the there you go. So this is an artist's rendition of what was Hope to be in the future. And I would claim that will be in the future. But it's a flat painting, it's two dimensional. It needs to be filled in. We need to understand something about a new heaven and a new earth, of what it looks like for us. Well, what does it look like for us? Is it people enjoying a potluck meal? Next Sunday, Jen and her team are working hard to make possible an annual event in this congregation that we come together after a service of thanksgiving and worship God here in this room and out in the atrium with thanksgiving food. And we thank God for who God is and what God is doing. People enjoying a potluck meal? Yes, that is one of the ways that God is working in us. That is, a, in a way, a new heaven and a new earth. People worshiping together. Now, our worship doesn't exactly look like, look like this, but things are happening in worship. We, we may be grateful today for uh, Verna being our interim music director. We're grateful to God for her, her gifts and her skills and her abilities for a season. Well, we know Ina Lane, who has been among us for 16 years, has, has ended her time of service. And so there's a transition here. Part of this worship experience, I'm part of your transition. And the, there's a pastor-nominating committee working hard to, to find out and discover the person God has to join your session and to give leadership to this congregation. We're asking the question, what a new, a new heaven and a new earth look like for Metal Lake Church? Well, it looks like people worshiping together, understanding that there's there's a transition going on, and we're trying new things, or should be. People studying God's word together. This morning we were reading about the Ethiopian eunuch in uh, Acts eight. There's a group of us here. A number of you are involved in small groups in this congregation that are studying God's word in different ways, and you're listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Those encounters are vital. They're critical. There may be new opportunities for God's Word. There may be new uh, initiatives that need to be taken in the days ahead. I've heard people saying, yes, but I want to study the Word more completely, more thoroughly than we're getting right now. Maybe there's the need for a disciple study yet again in the life of this church. how well we can appreciate what uh, Harry McKinnon was doing this morning as he's standing up here reminding us about a room at the inn, as he's reminding us how we may create shoeboxes and bless a child during the Christmas season. It doesn't take much to remember that Terry Karam is on the streets on a regular basis. On our behalf, and a number of you have joined her, to enable it, to enable others to simply live. You know well that Angela Parker and Alice Wood and a number of others of you go on Thursday afternoons to a a nursing home. If you know anything about retirement communities and nursing homes, you know that sometimes people get very lonely there. Thank God for the group of you that go and have befriended these folks, size 14 shoe and all, and you're going to provide them new socks and a new friendship, and a new possibility for life. That's what our new heaven and new earth looks like. Recently, I've done some reading, and I I ran across a quote by Carl Dudley, uh, someone who has cared deeply about small churches and their renewal and the vitality. Carl Dudley has said, It is the belief of people in churches that vitality and renewal is possible that makes possible new life. If you don't believe renewal and vitality is possible, you just may die. And so when churches think their present course is the only one possible, they don't try to make changes. And when they don't try, nothing new happens, and that reaffirms their belief that nothing can be done to change anything. And so consider this— When God wants to do a new thing, God gives the people the ability to believe in the possibility of renewal. You wonder about new heavens and a new earth? God gives us and can give us belief that we can be renewed. Walter Brueggemann is an Old Testament professor that Alice had and that I've had in our studies He made the statement once, people committed to present power arrangements tend not to wait expectantly for the newness of God. If you're counting on everything staying the same and you're happy with that, then you probably don't look to God to do something new. That's what he's saying. Healthy change requires hope. And sometimes it feels like we're in a dark room. So for God's sake, someone strike a match. Well, here's the match struck. When God wants to do a new thing, God inspires a prophet like Isaiah and he writes the words, we're considering this day, and God gives people hope. You and I have hope because of Jesus Christ and his love. Because of Jesus Christ and his love, God graciously forgives the past. God graciously frees us from our past. And God opens the the future for a community by filling people with the Spirit of Christ. And His Spirit enters us and puts us on like a glove and begins again to go to work. So when God wants to do a new thing, God forgives us. One can easily imagine Jesus on the cross with His outstretched hand. God forgives us so that we can begin again. It would seem to me right now in the life of Meadow Lake Church, knowing that people like Ina Lane have left us, knowing that uh, Christine and Jimmy Lechovich have decided to move on to another church, knowing that um, JC and Jane Wilson, it looks like they may be moving to another church. It's difficult to lose people. My father, my dear old father, said once before he died, if you live long enough, you're going to have to say goodbye to a lot of people. But the truth is, when God wants to do a new thing, God can forgive past wrongdoing so that we can begin again. And right now as a congregation, we are beginning again in a number of ways. Here's an amazing quote that I think we can live by. When our weaknesses are used by God to build community, the world is able to see that God is at work. It's important that you and I see God at work. And sometimes we think we have to do an A-plus job for God to work here. No. God uses us even in our weaknesses. And so we end here. When God wants to do a new thing, and I didn't even get it right on the screen. Jen wanted to change the slide to make sure it was centered. I said, no, that's the way it is. When God wants to do a new thing, God uses even our weaknesses so that everyone can see God at work. Dear friends, God is at work in the life of this church. If you don't believe that, then remember Isaiah 65. Remember the work of the people you've heard making announcements here. Come to the banquet next Sunday morning following our worship service and join those of us who will be part of recognizing all for which we have to be grateful. We started this Sunday. You all shared how God has been answering your prayers. When God wants to do a new thing, God shares a word with us, the word Jesus Christ. And as we focus on that word, then God begins to do something in our inner being, in our soul, and gives us an inner unity and an inner peace so that we may be brothers and sisters again, and we may begin again. Dear friends, in the name of Jesus Christ, it is important that you and I continue and keep beginning again. Let us pray.